What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Unparalleled Sports Talk with Joe's Kwame Fisher Jones. Joined as always for NBA Talk with my man Sports Talk Terry, also known as Everett Terry Jr. Now you opened up the last show talking about Bradley Bill. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna let you go first because I got a lot to say about one B squared here. But I just want to just run some numbers at you. All right. Before you before you give me anything else, I just want to run five numbers at you. Okay. All right. Career scoring average of 22 points per game. Mm-hmm. Not not bad, not great. Not bad. That's respect. That's respectable for the NBA. Percent field goal percentage, 37 percent from three. In a career that has spanned, uh, was it 11 seasons? 11 seasons. Yeah, roughly 11, roughly 10, 10 seasons. Yeah. Yeah, he was 2012, 20. 2012 to 2013. Uh, so it's roughly 11 seasons. Mm-hmm. Right, going through 11 seasons. He's managed to play 82 games twice. Twice. He's managed to play 70 or more games four times. That includes the two that he played over 82. So go ahead and give me what your impressions are, Bradley Bill, deciding, deciding to start the season with the famous – Back injury, the same back injury that had everybody wanting to tar and feather Ben Simmons. It's a different story, I guess, when it's Bradley Bill. But I'll go ahead. Floor is yours. Bradley Bill sitting out the season opening after having a monster trade. Everybody's talking about how great they are. How are they going to guard us? What are you going to do? Yeah, he sits out the first game. Obviously, it's disappointing that, you know, they put a lot of eggs into the basket in a win-now mode. They They were favorites. Uh, two out of three of the last three seasons heading into the playoffs and uh, did not perform the expectations and uh, were getting ousted way sooner than they should have been. And uh, ultimately that led to Chris Paul being moved on. Uh, That said, they go all in, go out and get pieces to put around Kevin Durant, move Devin Booker to the one. Bradley Bill's supposed to be the two and create this monster big three to get rid of Aiton and his contract. We know how much you love DeAndre Aiton. And so now they've got this roster built around guys with good complementary pieces like Nurkic and a bunch of young guys that can play Grayson Allen and all these other guys. That's fine. But the core of this team, what's going to win is going to be Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant. Two of those guys have a hard time staying on the basketball floor and Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal. The difference between Durant and Beal is Kevin Durant, if he can play, he will play. Bradley Beal, I equate a lot to that Joel Embiid mindset. Be careful. I equate him to Joel Embiid. I equate him to Joel Embiid. He gets up in the morning and injures himself in his dreams. And then he gets up and he can't play. Embiid only played last year because he was going for an MVP. You're going to see the regular Embiid just like you're going to see the regular Bradley Beal. These guys miss games for any and everything. And unfortunately, I don't think they're going to have enough consistency with that lineup, that core, to really fill out how they can play off of each other. Yeah, Devin Booker is going to take a step back offensively and be more of a facilitator. Okay, that's fine. But in order for that to work, you know Easy Money Sniper going to get his shot anywhere he wants. He can play without the ball. But Beal's a volume scorer. He's a guy that needs a lot of shots. He's got to get into a rhythm. He's got to be on the floor. Missing the first game of the season, my man, after having all summer off, barely playing in the preseason, and you're not going to play? And what's your argument? Oh, well, it's just one game. No, it's about setting a statement. It's about making a statement. You were going up against the Golden State Warriors, and it's about making a statement. Hey, we are here, and we are here to play. 
the fact that he sat out only speaks to the fact that I don't think he has that dog in him. I just don't. I've, I've felt that way about him for years. I think talented-wise, he's a great shooter. He's a good scorer. All that wonderful stuff. Marginal player at the NBA level. You know, perennial all-star periodically as I, as I play on that. But at the end of the day, the problem with Bradley Beal is health. Availability is your best ability. And I'd rather take a guy like a Benedict Matherin, who's going to give me 20 points a game, but be available almost every game, the young guy from Indiana, over a Bradley Beal, who's going to give me two more points per game, but is only going to play half the games a season. He's no good to me. His 20 means nothing when he's sitting on the sideline in the street clothes, like Anthony Davis or any of these other guys that get hurt all the time. So that's all, all right. I got. You know, my issue with Bill is is very, very simple. And it goes way, way back to the 2017 NBA playoffs. We were playing the Boston Celtics that year. The Boston Celtics were led, led by well, a man commonly known as Mighty Mouse, Isaiah Thomas. I don't know if you remember, the, remember that squad. And the Wizards were up at one point in that series. I want to say the Wizards were up. Uh, no, the series was tied three games to three games. The Wizards had the better team, though. They had Bradley Beal, John Wall, Markeith Morris was on that squad. The Celtics had Isaiah Thomas and, uh, you know, pretty much a, and, um, Avery Bradley, I believe, was on that squad, and Marcus Smart. They went in game seven. Bradley Beal scored 38 points that game. But in the fourth quarter, he was atrocious. He missed a couple open shots. He had some cre- uh, critical turnovers, and they wound up losing by 10. It was at that moment that I knew Bradley Bill was not cut out for what the Wizards were trying to make. And he was able to escape that culpability because he put up those 38 points. Coincidentally, that was the last, that was the first time he played 82 games. That was the first time he managed to be looked at as one of the top young players in the game. At that point, it was John Wall's team. Since that moment, he played 82, like I said, in 2018-19, and I don't even think they made the play. They were out in the first round that year. And since that point, since that point, he's played, and this is this is embarrassing, 57 games, 60 games, 40 and 50 last year. This is not about a back injury. This is about a player who has decided, I'm not going to play if I don't feel like playing and right. not saying that he's faking an injury, he's a professional athlete. He's going to have bumps and bruises. He is a guard. He's going to have trauma point injuries or trauma point soreness. So he's, your, your feet are going to be sore. Your knees are going to be sore. Your back is going to be sore. So I'm not questioning the legitimacy of the pain that he's in. What I'm questioning or not even questioning what I'm stating is he's not a guy that's going to overcome you used the you talked about Embiid. Embiid played those games last year because Doc Rivers made him. Doc Rivers told Joel Embiid, and he said it publicly, and he's right. The only way you're going to get healthy playing basketball, healthy enough to play basketball, is by playing basketball. You don't play basketball, you're not going to be healthy enough to play basketball. Kawhi Leonard was a health, relatively healthy, good player until San Antonio started that load management crap with him. And all of a sudden, one injury turned into a bunch of injuries, and all the King's horses, all the King's men can't put Kawhi and the cornrows back together again. And that's where we're sitting at. And it's the same thing with Embiid. But with Bradley Bill, it's just a matter of him saying, I don't, I'm, I'm just not, I'm not comfortable enough to do it. And the pressure 
of playing for a championship team, playing alongside a guy in Durant who's not going to push him. And that, that gets, you know, swept under the rug with Kevin Durant. That's just not his mindset. And playing with a guy like Devin Booker who plays on an island, when the Phoenix Suns were one of the worst teams in the NBA, Devin Booker was their lead guard. Devin Booker was the guy that was initiating the offense. When they were running through multiple coaches, or uh, was it Earl Watson, Igor, I forget his last name. He's not assistant coach in Atlanta. Devin Booker was their lead guard. I didn't like the Phoenix Suns when he added Bradley Bill. I didn't like him when he added Vogel. It's just going to continue to go downhill. It's going to continue to be an issue. We're going to hear more and more about back injury with Bradley Bill going forward. How do you see the season playing out with him, specifically with him, though? Well, um, I think he'll only play if they have a legitimate chance to win. I think he'll push himself. But outside of that, he's going to do what he's done most of his career. Find reason and excuses to not. Say it again. I don't think he's going to push himself at all. Really? No, I I don't. He's not. He hasn't shown a propensity to do that. Like that, you know, I, I love sports. And I love sports because it's the ultimate truth, truth sayer. Like, Guys will show you who they are and what they play and the way they play. You know, I, I'll give you an example. Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson is broken. And not broken as far as an athlete, broken as a man. Mentally, yeah. And the sign that he was broken is my man was banned from whatever you want to call it, banned for a year, didn't play football for a year. Then he gets suspended for an insane amount of games. Right? Comes back. And is an is, is atrocious, is an atrocity, is a shell of who he used to be. Finally, mm-hmm. full offseason to get healthy, get his mind right, and to get back into form. And then he doesn't play in the preseason. Why? Why not? Why would you not injury. to at least get two or three series under your belt? Why would you say, I'm not going to play? Think about that. Then he comes out, he stinks to join up, makes a couple bad, makes a couple good plays, but still stinks to join up. And now he's hurt again. He's broken. He's not. It's similar to what Ben Simmons was when it happened in Atlanta. What happened with Atlanta? It, they lost Ben Simmons long before Atlanta. They lost him when his agent called him and said, "Yeah, you probably want to make sure you're you're renting from now on in Philly, because at any moment more is going to trade." Like that's what he was playing under. So he was broken. And it would take years for him to get back. I don't think Deshaun comes back, and I don't think Bradley Bill comes back. I think he's a broken player. Washington made him not care about winning. And not saying he doesn't want yeah. to win, but he doesn't put precedent on it. Because if he did, he wouldn't have stayed in Washington as long as he did. No way, no how. No way he would have stayed in Washington as long as he did. See, I don't think he pushes through. I don't think he pushes through. All right, I want to get, get you up on this. Biggest game you were looking forward to have you – I won't say biggest game you're looking forward to because that's more NFL. Who's the player you're looking forward to watch the most this opening week? Have you already watched him? Or is he coming up? Who's the guy you're looking forward to watching the most? So there's a two-prong effect. Number one, I want to see the hype behind Wimby. I know that's an easy answer. But when you got a seven-foot-two guy who literally is, they they say is the equivalent of Kevin Durant at seven-two, I need to see it in real time in games that count. That's one. The second one is the guy who came out the year before who had the Liz Frank injury, didn't play all year. That's Chet Holmgren because mm. he's got a similar build. Mm. He plays on a city in Oklahoma City who forgot he had him and yet made a 
huge push towards the end to make a playoff push. And I think you give him and SGA a chance to kind of gel together, and you create a nice little one-two punch with a roster full of nothing but young, talented kids that can run up and down the floor and do all the good stuff, and they got like 79 draft picks over the next five years, so they can only build any way that they want. I want to see what Chet Holmgren looks like, a full season removed, healthy, out there on the NBA floor, and what he looks like. And he's off the beaten path because a lot of people forgot about him because he didn't play an NBA minute. He got hurt in preseason and never played. So he's technically a rookie. And I'm interested to see with the two of those guys with similar builds in the NBA going against grown men, bigger, faster, stronger athletes than what they're used to, are going to look like against them on a night-in-night-out basis. So those are my two guys. You there? You there? What's happening, everybody? Welcome back to Umbrella Sports Talk. Hello, technical difficulties there, fitting for the day that I've had. But going back, we were talking about Chet Holmgren, and I was saying that he got hurt in the um, Jamal Crawford Seattle game, I believe. I think that's where he had the foot injury. So you mm-hmm. were saying he was a player that you want to see. For me, it's twofold. Our first guy I want to see is Zion Williamson. I want to see him stay healthy. <laughs> I want <laughs> I want him to get out of New Orleans, and the only way that's going to happen is if he stays healthy. If he's not healthy, he's never going to get out of New Orleans because New Orleans isn't going to let him go because they're going to peddle that. We can't we can't get Terrence Mann for him. They're going to peddle that foolishness. The second, it's not a team. It's not a player. It's a team. It's the Sacramento Kings. Ooh, yes. the this year. I mean, they've got everything lined up from the Warriors are old and flabby, you know, looking like Larry Holmes. The Lakers are old and injury prone. So this is an opportunity for Sacramento to kind of step up and 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 announce themselves. And they're already playing well. They're up 16 against the Utah Jazz, which is a young team supposed to be up and coming. They added John Collins, a good player. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. That's the, those are the two major things I'm looking forward to start the season. Like I said, I got a couple players. Jaron Jackson's on that list. The guys that are about to get the lead of Rule Awakening. You know, another overvalued guy that, you know, 25 games without John Moran, he's going to get exposed. And they managed to to kind of fly under the radar because they win games without John Moran. But the West is loaded, even the bottom tier teams. You mentioned when we were taking on Luka. And it's just a side note. And and I'm going to let you go after this. Just a side. So, you know, I finished, I'm finishing up grad school, and we would take, I'm with a sports and media class. And I blew everybody's mind when I said ESPN wants out of the NBA business. And they looked and said, what are you talking about? They brought, they brought, and I said, man, look at the coverage they have of the NBA. Of all the games, of all the games that you could go with, they picked Dallas and San Antonio. But you know why? Because of Wimbiamba, right? Right. Awesome. People want to see Wimby play. Yeah. Do they want to see Wimby play or do they want to see the highlights? They want to see the highlights. They don't want to watch. Nobody's going to watch the San Antonio Spurs take on the bottom-feeding Dallas Mavericks. Nobody's going to watch that game. Dallas and will nobody, be a playoff team this year. 
Dallas ain't gonna be no freaking playoff team. What are you, they're what are they're like? a top ten team in the West. They collapsed last year, yes, but they're a top ten team in the West. There's no way they have another year where they don't make a top ten spot. All right, so let, let let's let's go through this real quick. Let's go through this real quick. Since 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 we got since I got the time for this. Okay. Lakers, Kings, Warriors, right? Mm-hmm. Done. Well, hold on. Suns, mm-hmm. Clippers. That's five. Right? That's okay. five. All right. So you got uh, the Nuggets. Yep. I would say that's it in that division. Maybe Minnesota, but eh. And Utah. Maybe Utah. Well, no, Utah will be a playoff team. I'm, I'm not, I got too much respect for Anthony Edwards not to put him in that list. But Anthony Edwards in Minnesota will make the playoffs. Okay, but I, I'm not. I'm not going to argue you down that Minnesota makes it over Dallas. Like if you say Dallas makes it over Minnesota, I can see that. If if that, okay. <laughs> if that makes sense. So that's seven. Though. So that's seven. So then okay. we've got. So then we've got. Um, help me out here. We we don't got Houston. Houston's not going to make it. No. Uh, you might be right. Now I'm thinking about it. You might be right. Yeah. New Orleans, if New Orleans no. is healthy, but New Orleans will never be healthy. Portland, forget about it. You might be right. Yeah, because once you got rid of Dane, that freed up a spot. Yeah. It's going to be bad. And I'm trying to think just off of, you know, and, and I can't think of 10 Western Con- – I can't think of nine Western Conference teams that can, can blow them out. And I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody. The moment I hang up the phone, I'll be like, oh, I forgot them. But, yeah, you might be right. So, yeah, they may be fighting for the play-in. And the play-in that they so desperately tried to avoid last year. Send them <laughs> – you know, look, it's it's. We opened up with Sixers. I'm not going to beat that horse anymore. After watching the Knicks lose again to the Celtics, I'm sure they're going to be on the line with Philly again. No way they let that deal happen with Daryl Morey captain in the ship. The Lakers will bounce back. They'll be fine. I'm looking forward to watching Zion Williamson. You're looking forward to watching Chad Holgram. That says a lot about our NBA acumen. <laughs> <laughs> well, the uh, only reason I'm really looking forward to watching Chet Holmgren is because Chet Holmgren will actually play. The only thing we'll know more about Zion Williamson is how many Instagram, you know, porn star chicks he's knocking down this year. And that note, that's it for this episode of Unparalleled. <laughs> <laughs> if you enjoyed the show, make sure you like, share, subscribe, comment, whatever your podcast platform allows you to do. For my man, Sports Talk Terry, the great Everett Terry Jr., I appreciate you as always, brother. I'm Kwame Christian We'll see you next time. Appreciate your time of year. All right.